Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Okay, we all okay? Right. So, this morning we are going to be carrying on with our theme which is called Just Do It. Have you got that slide to go up? And we've been kind of in this theme for the last, it's been about three, four weeks now. And it's all about us sharing our faith with other people, our personal witness, and just being around other people and being open about who we are and encouraging people to come to know Jesus. So this morning we're going to touch on a bit of that, but I feel like God's kind of taken me off on a different direction to speak about something else this morning. And that's all about our kind of growth in God, our personal growth in God. You know, I always have said to God, you know, God, I've just always wanted to hear God's voice, always, always wanted to hear God's voice. And, you know, in the season that I'm at at the moment, my kind of heart cry is, God, I want to hear your voice, but not just hear it, but just do it as well. I don't want to just be a hearer of the word. I don't want to just be someone who hears you and, and, and kind, of, kind of just senses the leading of your spirit, but then doesn't do it. So this morning, I, well, coming up to this morning, I've been praying, God, I just want to hear your voice. God, what do you want to say to us this morning? What do you want to say to people? And I want to, I've heard something from God. And I have to be honest with you, I've had kind of like battled with it a little bit. But, but I've said, you know, God, you've spoken to me, so I want to, You've spoken what you've spoken to me, and I want to do that, what you've spoken to me. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to just be someone who hears lots of things and sees things in the Word, but doesn't apply it, doesn't put it into practice. So this morning, we're going to be, I'm going to be doing just that. And hopefully, you'll be hearing from God as well as I, as I bring this message. So let's just pray before I start. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that you want to speak directly into our hearts. Father God, I thank you that you want to release something this morning that causes us to grow in you and to go further with you and to go deeper with you and to become more devoted to you, Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you don't want us to just stay where we're at, but Father, you've got a desire for us to continue to move forward, continue to progress with you, to to get to know you better. So Father, I just thank you. You just speak through me today. And let this word transform lives in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to do a quick recap over the last few weeks. So we start this Just Do It series and we watched the, the first one was watching a video by Andy Elms, which was brilliant. That's still online somewhere if you want to go and find that and have a watch of that. And that was all about us being a, a witness for Jesus. And he, he brought this kind of, um, this way of being able to talk to people about God, which is just to go up to them and say, uh, what do you, who do you think Jesus is? Just a very simple question. And he was kind of giving us some testimonies about that and how, how we can do that in our own lives. Then uh, the following week I preached about, I just followed on from that about being a good witness. What is it to be a good witness for Jesus? What have we seen? What have we heard? What experiences have we had with God? Um, and just I was talking about how our lifestyle really speaks to people probably more than our words do. And how important it is to, to live a life following God so that when people see your life, they then 
they know something's different about you. You don't have to use a lot of words. They just know there's something, you've got a piece about you. There's something different about you. You don't react in the same way everyone else reacts. There's a loving, you know, that Jesus is shining through us. Amen. So we talked a bit about that. And actually, just a quick testimony from that. Because um, I spoke about how my, uh, how when I used to work in the workplace that I did, I was, you know, people, re- people remembered me after, after I left the workplace. People remembered, you know, my conduct, how I was. And, th- and they knew that there was something different about me. And I was talking about Penny and Jason's wedding where I kind of preached. And there was a few people there that were from my workplace that just knew that what I had, what I was saying had to be true because of the way I was when I was working with them. And it was, it was funny, actually, after preaching that message, I think it was only... Either it was during the next week, a lady from work who I hadn't spoken to for years and years and years, she just messaged me and said, you know, my sister has got some real problems in her life. Can you do something for her? And she said, when I was talking to my sister and just helping her and trying to work through some of the stuff that's going on in in her, you just came to my mind and I thought, right, I'm just going to text you and see if there's anything you you can do because she needs some spiritual healing. And that was her word, spiritual healing. So... You know, it just shows that a good, being that person, being a follower of Jesus, wherever you are, in the workplace, at home, wherever you are, it does make a mark on people's lives, and they will refer back to that, and they will, they, it will open doors. So that's, it's massively important that as a witness of God, we are that example. We, we are we're a Christian. People don't know what a Christian is apart from our, our lives, our example. So that's important. We're going to talk a bit more about that later on. And we talk, I, I talked about sharing with others, you know, testimonies, things that God had done for us, and just having a testimony ready to give to people, ready to say, this is what God did for me. This is what, how he worked in my life. This is what happened. And, yeah, we talked a bit more about that. So then Eve Rose came a couple of weeks ago, and her message was just some testimonies about stuff that's going on in Haiti, and her, her whole message was about going deeper with God. Not just staying where you're at with God, but allowing him to use you, allowing him to work through you. And she's had some amazing stories about what God had been doing and, and just how God was just kind of expanding the work she had over there. And, and just it's all about, you know, just allowing God to work through us. And then Pastor Clive, lastly, Pastor Clive uh, last week spoke about um, just asking God to move our hearts. He talked about asking God for a burden for people around us. Asking God to move us so that we pray for those people around us and we reach out to people around us. And we know that when we pray for people, I don't know about you, but I've always experienced when I prayed for, began to pray regularly for someone, you start to get a heart for, you get a heart for that person. Whether you like them or not, when you pray for them, it's like you start to catch Jesus' kind of heart for that person and what he wants to do in their lives. So today... We're going to look at a scripture. Um, let's see if my clicker is going to work. This is from Colossians 4, 2 and 6. You've got it up already. Brilliant. And this is, this is, I want to just weave in some stuff here. So from us being an example to other people and us reaching out to other people, but also being a devoted person. What does it mean to be devoted to God? What does it mean to live a life of devotion to him? So if we just read through the scripture, it says, Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 
and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity and let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Isn't that a brilliant scripture? And this is Paul speaking to the church in Colossae, and that's his kind of final bit that he was, um, the final bit of his letter to this church. He was kind of signing it off, and he was just encouraging the people of that church. And I find, I mean, there's, there's lots to pull out of this scripture, and we'll, just, we'll, go, we'll work through it. One of the cool things I, I like about Paul is that he was in chains. He was in prison at that time that he wrote this letter, but he was still saying, so imagine just being in a prison cell, chained up. You don't know when you're getting out. You're just locked in a cell, chucked, the key chucked away, and you're just sat there. But he's still saying with faith, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should, uh, And he was basically saying, pray for me that I proclaim the gospel. Even though I'm in chains, even though I'm, uh, who knows when I'm going to be getting out, just pray for me that I declare this gospel to people. I proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. So he had faith that no matter what position he was in, he was, I still want to go out and I still want to tell people. And actually, that's what got him in trouble in the first place. That's why he was in chains, because he was talking about Jesus everywhere he went. But he was like, I continually want to just keep doing it. And God will get me out of here and I'll go out and proclaim this gospel to whoever. But this is a powerful scripture. And I want to kind of just focus on some of the first bit about devoting yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We need to devote ourselves to prayer, but I believe to be devoted to prayer, you've got to be devoted to God. You've got to be devoted to God. So what does it mean to be devoted? The word devote in the Greek, I'm going to try and pronounce this, it says pro, prokastero, and that word in the Greek means to be earnest, to persevere, to be constantly diligent, to give, self, give of yourself continually to something and to continue steadfastly. They're all words about devotion. What does it mean to be devoted? And these are things that I believe we're called to be with God. We're called to be devoted to God. So to persevere with him, to be constantly diligent, to give of yourself continually to God and to continue steadfastly. You know, we, it's a continuing pressing into God, a continuing just devoting our time, our self, our finances, whatever it may be, giving of ourself to God. He's calling us to a life of devotion to himself. And I believe that devotion equals growth, Christian growth and maturity, We've got to be devoted to God. If we want to grow in God, if we want to go further with him, go deeper with him and mature in him, we need to be devoted first of all. Amen? Our devotion equals our growth in God, equals our maturity. I mean, being a mature Christian isn't based on how long you've been a Christian for. It isn't based on your age. It isn't based on whether you were born into a Christian family. You know, it 
it's not based on time, actually. Maturity as a Christian isn't based on, on time. Maturity as a, as a Christian is based on your devotion, your intimacy with God, and how you've processed the things of God and are living those things of God out in your life. Paul said to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because, of your, because you were young, but set an example for the believers in your speech, in your conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So Timothy was a young man that Paul was kind of encouraging and, and kind of releasing to be a leader. And he said, don't let anyone look down on you because of your age. He was, he, Timothy was mature in his faith, mature in, who, who, in his relationship with God. And Paul was releasing him into this ministry and it was nothing to do with his age. And I know people in their, I know younger people, people in their maybe mid-twenties that are more mature in their faith than people in their 50s, 60s. You know, it's nothing to do with, it, with how long you've even been a Christian for. It's actually because you could be a Christian and you could be come to church for a very, very, very long time, your whole life. But are you really, have you ever really been devoted to God? Have you ever really plugged into God and gone deep with God and allowed him to use you and, to, and, and for, for, you know, deep calls unto deep, the spirit of God to work in you and work through you? That's what God's looking for. And you can be young in your age and you've, done, you've made mo- more progress in that with God than people that have been around for a long, long, long time. It's about, it's about that kind of allowing God's spirit to work in you and saying yes to God. Like I was saying at the beginning, I want to hear God's voice and say yes to him and do it. That's where growth takes place. It's that relationship with God and allowing him to just work those things out in us. You know, I see, I've seen people um, in Bible college in, in that short space of time. It's only about 10 months, you know, per kind of year that God's done a work in 10 months in which some people go for 10 years without having dealt with those things and worked through those things. You know, having that intense time with God, and I'm not saying you have to go to Bible college to experience that, but having that intense time and allowing the processes, the breakings, the dealings of God to take place in your life progresses you, matures you, lifts you, moves you forward with him. You know, someone gave me a word when I was a very, very young Christian. I was probably only saved a couple of years. And in my Christian union, you know, which is just a place in the university I went to where just Christians get together and, you know, we kind of have meetings, we meet with God and stuff. Um, A girl gave me a word and I was very, I think I'd only just started going to the Christian union, didn't know much about church, about God, about nothing. And she said to me, she said, she gave me a prophetic word and she said, God is going to stretch you beyond anything you, you, you've imagined. God's going to stretch you further than people around you, and he's going to use you. And, and she kind of went on to say that there's going to be people around you that are older than you, but God would have taken you further than them because he's going to stretch you out. And, and God actually, well, yeah, God did that work in me. And I just, during that time when I was at university, I had, you know, I had more time on my hands. I didn't have children, didn't have lots of responsibilities going on in my life, but I took that time in my life to just pursue God. I mean, it took, it took a while to get to that place. As my testimony, many of you have heard, it took me probably about a year and a half to even just press into God in the first place. I kind of got saved, didn't really know what I was doing, and just kind of just lived a life like everyone else was living it. But then God pulled me up at one point and said, 
right hand, you're either going to go this direction or this direction. You're either going to fully live for me or fully live for the world. It's your choice. You decide. And I chose God. And from that point, I kind of just, I just pressed into God, pressed into God. I was in my room just watching, preaching, reading my Bible, worshipping God, just hungry, 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 filling myself up with the word. And, and God just grew me. She did, it, it, God did what that girl said. God began to stretch me and stretch me and stretch me and just fill me and fill me and just use me. And I was like, God, I'm open. I, want, I was the type of person who's like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this full on, all in or nothing. What's the point of kind of living a half-hearted Christian life? Let's, if we're going to do it, let's do it full on. Let's be completely devoted to God. Let's make him the priority of our lives. Let's make him the first thing, uh, the, the, the highest priority of our lives. Amen. We're only here on this planet once and then we're gone. And who knows when that time may be. I want to make sure I've lived a devoted, 100% sold out life for God. And I believe that's what God wants to share with, with you guys this morning. Live all out for him. Don't, don't, dip your toe in a little bit and then kind of come out a little bit. Go all out for God. Be fully devoted to him. That's what Paul was saying. Devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to God. That's what he's looking for in our lives. He wants that. He wants all of our lives. When we gave our lives to him, we gave our whole life to him. Amen. We didn't give a bit of our lives to him and then, then say, okay, God, you can have that bit and I'll have that bit and you can have a little bit here and I'll have a little bit there. It's like God, we gave, we gave our lives to him, and he wants all of our lives, amen? And sometimes if we're not fully giving of ourselves to him, we're not going to fully see the promises of God in our lives. We're not going to fully see what he's promised to do in our lives. We're not going to see the outworking of some of that, of the word of God that he said he's going to do this. He said he's going to do that. He said he's going to give us freedom and peace and, and love and joy and all the rest of it. If we're not living a full life sold out for him, we're not going to see it because we're divided. My prayer is, God, give me an undivided heart for you. Amen. I don't want to have other things going on in my life that I'm more concerned about and more kind of like I've got a heart for more than you, Jesus. Jesus, I want you to be number one. And I'm going for a, a season at the moment, personally for me, where I'm just really hungry for God. I don't know, I'm just kind of going to bed at night sometimes and just lying there like, God, I'm just hungry for you. I want to know you more. I want to see you do more in me, through me, in my life. And, you know, I want that to be the same for you guys. Just hunger after him. Don't be divided in your heart. Don't be half-hearted with God. You know, I like, as I was kind of going through this word and preparing it, I kind of maturity, I kind of likened it to being a professional, being in a profession. Our maturity in God and our growth in God is like being a professional Christian. I mean, we want to be a professional Christian. We don't want to be a, an amateur Christian. We don't want to be a part-time Christian. We want to be a full-on professional Christian. And a, a, someone who's a professional, um, a definition of, of a professional is someone who's competent or skilled in a particular activity. It's your full-time occupation or someone who's been trained and equipped to perform a particular task. So someone who's been through training and they've, they've come out on the other side as a professional. You know, I use the example of playing football. You know, I, I played football 
um, when I was younger. And I, tra- you know, where I lived, we we played football daily, often day after day after day after day. We 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 got good at football where I grew up because I grew up around a lot of like boys that lived down my street, and we used to play football all the time. And we got better and better and better because we did it more. We just we we continued on. We persevered. We got better at the more we played. And I kind of got up to a level of, I played for my university, that was probably the highest I got to. My brother went on to be a professional. But it was the continual persevering, the continual learning, growing, playing. Just, just, and I guess it's the same for a musician or the same for any sort of profession, really. You've got to get trained, you've got to practice, you've got to work out those things to, 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 to make them better. Amen? And that's what God's calling us to be as well. We've got to continually persevere with him. We've got to put the time in with him. We've got to sow, we've got to sow our lives into him to see the, the fruit. Amen? If we're not sowing and giving of our lives, you're not going to see the fruit in your, in your life. It's just simple. So to be a profession, professional at something You've got to hone that skill. You've got to learn something and grow in it. And you become better and better at it. So for us as Christians, we mature in it. The more we do, the more we give ourselves to God, the more we are in the word, the more we spend time with him in worship, time with him in prayer, time with him, you know, talking to others, serving him, the better a believer we become, the more mature we become, the more like Christ we become. You know, the opposite of uh, being a professional is being an amateur. And a description, a definition of being an amateur at something is having a casual involvement in something. A casual kind of like, yeah, I play football at the weekends and, you know, I, I kind of kick around with my mates or I just, you know... I'm not a professional at it. I just like to do it every now and again. I like to flick a football match on the TV and watch it. And I've got a kind of, I'm a, I'm a, you could be an amateur football player. You have an interest in something and you do it every now and again. And I, I just believe, I, I, I pray for us that that's not our approach to God, that we don't, we're not casual Christians where we do a little bit of God here and a little bit of God there, come to church on a Sunday morning, we're ca- a casual approach, an amateur approach is what it is. An immature approach to God is what it is. Come to church on Sunday morning, you know, we worship for 25 minutes, we hear the word for 40 minutes, and then we go home. And that, I just hope that's, not our, that's all we have of God in our week because we will not grow, we will not mature, we will not go forward. And there'll be things in your life that you'll struggle with because you've got a casual, amateur approach to him. He wants us to be professional. He wants us to mature. He wants us to grow. And he wants to kind of encourage us to press in more, to go deeper with him. Is this all right this morning? Are we, are we okay? I hope I'm not going to ruin the barbecue day. But <laughs> No, it gets better, don't worry. Um, so in Hebrews 2, no, sorry, Hebrews 5, if we flick the slide. So this is talking about being mature in our faith as well. So in fact, though, 
By this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And the bit I want to focus on there is the constant use. And I believe where it's talking about constant use, it's, it's the constant use of the teaching that you've received. So it's saying there, you, many of us should be teachers of the word because we've been around church, we've learned a lot of stuff, but actually we're needing to be taught all over again the elementary truths of God. So, you know, I was in a men's group this week and one of the, we were watching this DVD and some of the, the teaching from this guy in this DVD was about taking our knowledge, the things that we know about God and not just leaving them as head knowledge, but then becoming, we believe what we know. Does that make sense? And actually, when you believe what you know, then your behavior changes. So it's kind of like, it's not just being head knowledge, but it becomes revelation, and it becomes something that you live with. You believe it. So we can easily kind of have a lot of head knowledge. We, we, we've heard a lot of preaching, heard a lot of teaching, listened to a lot of stuff, read a lot of stuff, but actually, is it living and active in our life? Are we actually doing it, what we've heard? Because otherwise, it's just head knowledge and it's useless. It's just, okay, we know this about God, we know that about God. But what God's looking for is for that to become live and active and it changes our character, it changes our behavior, it changes who we are. So in, in that verse 14, solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Solid food, the solid food of the word is for God's mature people. Then they've become mature by constant use. They've taken the word, they've taken the teaching that they've heard about righteousness, about God, about who Jesus is, and they've applied it to their lives. They've applied it and applied it and applied it. Like that, the football analogy, you keep doing it and keep doing it and they've grown and they've grown. That's what God's looking for from us. He's looking for us to be constantly putting the word into practice, constantly praying the word over our lives, constantly growing in God, meeting with God daily. If we can just have the next slide. It says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that leads to death, and of faith in God. Instruction about the cleansing. Oh yeah, we'll leave that last bit. We'll stop at verse three. But God wants us to move beyond the elementary, te- the basic te- teachings. And actually those basic teachings, if you read through that scripture, it says it's all about repentance and faith. So God wants us to move beyond things that trip us up, things that we've, we carry in our lives that are probably sin, that are things that are just where we've taken our attention off of God and we've placed them on other things. He wants us to move beyond just repenting of the same things over and over and over and over again. And he wants us to step into a place where we're growing up in God and we're putting our faith into God. 
So just read that again. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Amen. That's what we want to be doing. We want to be taken forward into maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. So not repenting continually of sin that we keep slipping up in and then and not going again, not having to learn again about faith in God. We should be moving forward continually. Our faith should be growing continually. That's if you've been a Christian for a while, amen, or, or you've given your life to the Lord. I know there may be people here that, that may not have given their lives to the Lord yet or are returning to God. But you, you'll hear, you know what I'm, who I'm talking to. You know if, if this applies to you. So I've made a few points about what a mature believer actually is. And this is, this is what I see as a mature believer. So when someone, if you're mature in your faith, when someone offends you, you put into practice the word. And actually, that's, that's basically what a mature believer is. Someone who puts into practice the word of God, who applies the word of God. So if someone offends you, you forgive them. And you forgive them again and again and again. You take the scripture, you take the word, and you, you forgive them. When someone slips up, you don't judge them, but you pray for them and you help them in whatever situation they're in. In Galatians 6, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. You apply the word. And you keep doing those things. And as I've said before, to become better at anything, you need to keep doing it. You, a mature believer is someone who meets with God daily. You have a daily time with God. I preached a message a number of years ago about our times with God daily are like hammering in those tent pegs. I don't know if you remember that message. That God says, strengthen your tent pegs. It's like hammering in those tent pegs so that your tent or your life isn't blown away by the wind or blown away by circumstances. Daily, you're hammering in. Daily, you're meeting with God. Daily, you're in the word. Daily, you're applying the word to your life so that you're strengthened, you're strong. Nothing's going to move you away. That's a mark of a mature believer, a daily devotional time with Jesus. Daily in the word, applying the word to your life. That's why we have the reading plans. There's a new one that's just come out. That's why we have things like that, to equip you, to stay strong as a believer and to continue you know, on your walk with God. A mature believer is someone who meets up with other believers and encourages other believers and pours you know, their life out for other believers, other people around them. If you're not in a small group, get into a small group. If there's no small group that fits you, then find someone else and just spend time with them. Encourage each other in God. You're not going to get very far just being a kind of uh, a lone wolf Christian, you know, just someone who's out on their own doing their own thing, you know, not in contact with any other believers. If this morning is your only contact with other believers during the week, you're probably going to, you're going to struggle. You need to be around other believers. You need to be in a place where you can be open and honest and vulnerable and share what's going on in your life and receive prayer from other people and encouragement from other people. We're a body of Christ. We're designed, God's made it that we grow together, that we break through together, that we, li- you know, we, we progress together. We need other believers around us. And it's a lie of the enemy if you believe that you can do it by yourself. You can't do this Christian life by yourself. You have to be in relationship. 
A mature believer is someone who prays, and we're going back to where we began, to being devoted to prayer. We need to pray in our lives. If we, if we have a weak prayer life, it kind of points to that we don't really need God. We don't really need God in our lives because we don't pray. If you don't pray, it's, it, you're kind of saying, well, I could just get on with this by myself. I can, I can handle life by myself. I don't need God to help me because I, I don't pray. I don't ask him. I don't speak to him. Our prayer life needs to be upped. Our prayer life, I mean, our prayer life should be, God, I need you. That's a prayer. <laughs> That's a good prayer to pray. God, I need you. I, I just do whatever you need to do in me, through me. I need you at this time. Whatever's going on in my life, God, come through. And then we need to go from there. That's the beginning of prayer. God, I need you. But then we need to, we need to grow in prayer. And we have prayer meetings and there's prayer teaching. There's all sorts of stuff we, go, we talk about in Kingdom of Faith to do with prayer. But allow God to develop prayer inside of you so that he can do more in your life. And before we take communion, if we just have that next, um, the next scripture. And this is in the book of Revelation and Jesus is speaking to the church in Laodicea. And he's saying this to the church there. He said, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. And I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out from my mouth. We don't want that to happen. Amen. If you go to the next one. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. If we just flick back to the other one. We don't want to be lukewarm Christians. Amen. It's funny, I, I always look at that scripture and it's like, Jesus is actually saying, I'd rather you're cold than lukewarm. I'd rather you're hot, but if you're not going to be hot, be cold. And that's actually what, that's kind of the, the kind of the word that God gave to me when I kind of went on my journey with him was, Rohan, either be hot for me or don't bother at all. And, it, and it's a long story, but God kind of just showed me some of the stuff of the world and how the, the world is just isn't, isn't there for you. The world will just leave you and your friends. You know, there's just some stuff happened with my friends during that time. And, and God just showed me, this is what the world is like. Go, go for it. If that's what you want to do, go for it. And he said, and he showed me, this is what I'm like. If you, if you want me, go all out for me. Be hot for me. But don't be lukewarm. That's what that scripture is. Don't be in the middle. Don't mince around in the middle with your relationship with me. Either be hot or be cold. And he laid that before me. And I, I basically, I, some, stuff, some stuff happened at a nightclub and in an evening. And, and, and I kind of came home that night. And God laid before me this kind of question. And I, I flicked on one of the Christian TV channels. And there was this guy preaching, and he was preaching uh, a strong, strong, strong message. And I, I mean, it was, it's not the type of message that, I, you know, we hear very often, but it was, it was literally like hellfire and damnation message on, on one of the God channels. And it was like, you are, you're either follow God or you're going to go to hell. It was like full on. And he was like, you, you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. You either, you just need to live for God and you need to repent and and it was, it, was, it was a full-on word, but I was in tears and I was in bits and I knew that word was 100% for me, 100% for me. 
Sometimes we like to kind of hold back about talking about hell and other things like that. But actually, that word that night was like exactly what I needed to hear. And it was like, Rohan, make a choice. Make a choice, bruv. Make a choice. And, and I chose God that night. And it was, it was at that point. And I want us to get to that point today. Choose God today. Don't be lukewarm today. Choose him today. And go all out for him. That's my encouragement for you this morning. Don't stand in the middle. Don't stand on the fence. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be half-hearted. Fully devote yourself to Jesus. And you'll see the blessings take place in your life. He will, the blessings of God will overtake you. He says what a man sows he will reap. We sow our lives into God. We sow into the spirit. You reap of the spirit. We sow to the flesh, the scripture says. We reap of the flesh. Let us be those that sow into the spirit continually, day after day after day. We sow into the spirit. We sow our lives to God. We sow our lives to God. We sow our lives to God. I can't do it for you. That next scripture said, if you flick to the next one. Those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So be earnest and repent. It's out of his love for you that I'm bringing this message to you. It's out of my love for you. I'm trying to be a good shepherd this morning of the flock. It's out of my love for you that I'm releasing this word to you. And it's out of God's love for you that he wants to discipline us out of love. He wants to push us forward out of love. He doesn't want us to sit in what we're sitting in now. He, he's spurring us on. You can go further. You can go deeper. There's more of me that you can receive. There's more of me that you can live in. You can see me do miracles on a daily basis in your life. Just keep going forward. Don't stop. And he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. They will with me. That's the positive right at the end of this message. I stand at the door and I knock. And you know, he's knocking, he's knocking, he's knocking this morning. And he's standing at that door of your life. And he's encouraging you to move forward. And you can choose to either let him in and let him do that work inside of you and push you forward. Or you can choose to say, okay, God, I'll just leave you at the door. I'm, I'm, I'm fine at the moment. I'll just, I'm just going to do what I'm doing and, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting along all right. Allow him to come into you this morning in a fresh way. As we take communion and as we respond to God, just allow the life of God to come into you. Just remember what he did for us on the cross. He gave us everything he had and he wants us to live in everything he, he's given to us. As we break the bread and we drink the cup, we're taking that body of Christ we're taking his very nature, his very spirit, his very character inside of us and we're consuming him. We're taking the cross, the, what he did for us on the cross, and we're applying it into our very being. He's empowered us to live this life. This isn't something you've got to muster up and you've got to do better and be a better, per, be a better person. It's, it's God, I just, I receive what you did for me and I'm going to just live from that power of your spirit, what, that power of your life. I'm going to live that out. And I think sometimes, like it says on here, 
be earnest and repent. If you know if there's stuff in your life, this always restarts with repentance. If we know there's stuff going on in our lives, if we know we're lukewarm in areas, if we know there's things that are just taking our attention away that have become bigger than God, there's things that we're doing we know we shouldn't be doing, let's be earnest and repent of those things this morning. Repentance is a good thing. Never think that repentance is a heavy, bad thing. Oh, you know, we've got to kind of cry and, and just kind of wail and woe is me. It's, repentance is turning around. It's a positive thing. It's turning from stuff and it's turning to God. That's what repentance is. It can take a moment to repent of something. God, forgive me. I've, I've, I've just, other things have t- overtaken you. Lord, forgive me. But Lord, today I just choose to follow you again. I choose to devote myself to you again. I choose to give of myself to you again. Let's just stand to our feet. Just before we worship God and I lead us through communion, just take that moment right now and just let the Lord examine your heart. Often I find that I don't even really need to examine myself or, or let God, you know, straight away I know this. I know the things in my life that need to change. And I'm not perfect. I'm not standing up here saying I'm perfect and I'm doing it all and I'm so devoted to God and you're not. I, I'm not saying that. I, I, there's lots that God needs to do in me and there always will be. But just be real with him right now and just allow him to show you if there's anything and just deal with that with God. Just give it to him. God, just, I'm sorry. I don't spend time with you like I used to. I don't pray like I used to. I'm not in the word like I used to be or maybe never have been. God, I don't want to have an undivided heart. I don't want to have a divided heart. I want to have an undivided heart. Just do business with God right now. You speak to him. He's standing at the door and he's knocking. Just hear his voice this morning. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Just do business with God and just open the door of your heart to him. As we sing this song, as we worship him, just have a fresh connection with him again. You might want to rededicate your life to him this morning. Or you might want to give of your life, give yourself to him for the first time. If you want to do that, come and speak to us after. We'll pray for you. We'll lead you through. But devote yourself to God. Delight yourself in Him. Thank you. I want you to just pray your, pray your own prayer out to Jesus. If you want to rededicate your life, you do that yourself. If you want to give your life to the Lord, you just... 
Ask Him to come into your life. Just say, God, I give you my life. Forgive me for all the mistakes I've made with my life, the stuff that I've done up till now. But Lord, I give you myself. I accept what you did for me on the cross. Jesus, I give you myself. Come and live in me. Come and be my Lord and my Saviour. Just pray that to Him right now if you want to pray that prayer. You know, daily we should be saying, God, I give you my life today. I give you my all today. I give you everything today. Do whatever you need to do in me or do with me, Lord. I throw myself on you today. That's devotion. That's dedication. I set myself apart for your purposes today. You just pray your own prayer. And you know, if you're doing well with God, there's always more. Amen? There's always more. There's always more. There's always more. We can always go deeper, go further, go higher. Get more passionate for Him. Ask Him to stir a a desire, a hunger in you for Him afresh today. Stir that passion for you. Lord, I want to be more passionate for you. I want to be more devoted to you. Jesus. And as we break bread, I want you to just, as you take the body of Christ, just join yourself afresh to Jesus. Let him work whatever he needs to work in you. For I tell you, I will not eat it, uh, sorry. And he said to them, this is in Luke 22, he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until I find it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Father God, we just thank you for your body. I give you thanks for the sacrifice that you made for me and for us on the cross. I thank you, Father, that you gave of yourself And you took sin and shame and guilt and sickness and worry and doubt and anxiety and depression and oppression. You took all of that junk to the cross and you put it on yourself so that we we don't have to suffer those same things. Father, we thank you for the body that you gave, your body that you gave for us. You were whipped, you were beaten for me for me so Father we thank you for that and in the same way he took the cup 
saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So Father, we thank you that we are in a new covenant, a covenant of grace and of mercy and of truth. We thank you for the blood that you gave for us on the cross that put an end to sin, that put an end to the enemy's power over us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that that blood speaks in our lives today, that empowers us to live a life fully devoted to you. Father, we thank you as we receive your cup, as we receive this blood. Father, let it cleanse us, let it work in us. Let us, let us bring us into line with your purposes for our lives, oh God. Father, we receive your blood. We receive your sacrifice. So just come to the tables and just help yourselves. Take a piece of bread. Drink the cup. And just align yourself afresh with Jesus. Just feel free to come forward. If you haven't given your life to the Lord, then... Speak to us if you want to, but you don't have to take communion. But I believe today, God wants to do miracles in our lives. Where we've struggled with Him, maybe. Where we found things difficult. Where we felt like we, we're kind of not progressing with God anymore. I believe this communion is just going to unlock that in your life. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.